You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no Welcome to our In Conversation programme, featuring sporting heroes from the world of sport in general and past and present Yeovil players and supporters. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. It's your chance to find out what makes these sporting heroes tick, and also we get a feel for their musical preferences. To take you out of this place, someone you can lend. So sit back and enjoy as Three Valleys Radio brings you the best in local sport. This week, I'm delighted to welcome back to the show, Chris Wheel. Okay, well, good morning, Chris. Thank you very much for joining us on Glover's Oldies. I know you don't consider yourself an oldie, but uh, at 37, in the context of this programme, you are. Ah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you anyway, all right? I... I am very good. I'm very good. It's nice to hear your voice. That's good. Nice of you to say so, mate. Nice of you to say so. Um, so basically, we're just going to sit here and talk about your career a little bit, um, which has been varied and pretty exceptional in terms of a, a local boy made good, I suppose you could say, couldn't you? I mean, playing under people like Sven Goran Eriksson, to name but just one. Um, yeah, no, I was, yeah. On reflection, I was really pleased with with my career and how and how it went from from yeah the local boy supporting Yeovil to to playing in, in the championship. Um, yeah, I, I was really pleased with the way my career went. But let's let's go right back to East, is it East Coca Cockerels that you used to play for? Uh, no, because there wasn't an East Coca Cockerels then. There is now, uh-huh. um, but I grew I grew up in East Coca. I yeah. played for start my first games were like playing for the Cubs uh, East Coca Cubs in the, in the primary school right um, and then I started playing for Lynx United which was down by opposite um, Westlands the yeah, pits there. yeah. Um, so so yeah that was my start really um, I was fortunate to have some very good coaches at a young age I had Len Bond and David Coles yeah um, as goalkeeping coaches who, who were very good at a young age and, and I got in some good good foundations and then um, you made your way to, to Gillingham Town then uh gillingham gillingham yeah, in, Dor- in dorset oh the, well, that, bit, the dorset one bit, yeah yeah a bit of both really so i was playing um <laughs> i was playing for for the youth team as well as the under 18 youth team at yeovil as well as gillingham all right on a yeah. sunday yeah and i was playing for the yeovil college as well so I had to, we didn't really have an academy system at, in place at yeovil so um for me that was brilliant because nowadays it's, it's very much structured in academies and you're not allowed to play a certain number of games and all this and i think too far too much the other way yeah um, but i saw so i was playing three three games a week um really good for, for my 
start in my goalkeeping career because it, it allowed me to make lots of decisions, lots of mistakes, and and play lots of games. So it was brilliant for me. And, and how good were, were Bondi and uh, David Coles in terms of coaching then? Uh, well, for me, they're brilliant. Coles he was revolutionary in terms of. 30 years ago he was doing stuff that people aren't still doing so he was brilliant for me um, yeah. and he's obviously gone on and have a very very successful coaching career and he's now coaching at England so um, yeah he, he's probably one of the main reasons and Bondi why I had a career so Mm, absolutely and and I can remember when you kind of eventually made your debut for the Yeovil Town first team it was in the days when David Webb was there wasn't it Yes, yeah. For some reason, he really liked me. Um, he took a took a shine to me probably because I was cheap. So um, he, <laughs> he, he got rid of, he got rid of all the expensive players, all the old senior pros, and, and brought in a load of young players, which was brilliant at the time for me and brilliant for for everyone associated with Yeovil because we had a young, hungry, kind of predominantly local team mm. um, that then, with the additions of others, really really kicked on and did well. Um, James Bent was a, another one around your time wasn't he yeah Anthony Tonkin Andrew Lindegaard Chris Giles Chris Giles uh, yeah yeah the, the, yeah. there was a real nice group of us then with the addition of the couple of senior pros and then the additions of other people coming in we had a really good group yeah yeah and, and can you remember your, your debut for Yeovil uh, oh, where was it was it Kingstonian away or was it at home I know it was home to uh, let me guess uh, it's in the east coast somewhere oh, I can't think think of the name now um, I'm just looking in the uh, Wikipedia page but it doesn't say which your first game was which is clever isn't it yeah no yeah. I think my first full league game was yeah at home um, against Boston United that's it I remember now Boston right. United yeah Steve Evans days yeah, I think so. And the, the goalie with a bald head, or I can't remember his name now, is probably about 48 now and is still playing. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it happened to be on telly as well. I remember watching the highlights and I made a couple of good saves. And, uh, oh, well, that must have been good to have your your, uh, your debut on TV then. I mean, uh, well, it was just the highlights programme, but I remember watching on HTV at the time. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, pleased. Yeah. No, that was good, I should think. <laughs> as regular listeners to this programme will know, we slotted a few musical tracks along the way and this is the first of Chris's tracks Bob Marley and the Wailers No Woman No Cry Oh, my God. 
Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset with offices in Yeovil, Taunton and Bridgewater with a strong ethos of helping those in our community. If in doubt, check it out with Pardos on a free no-obligation call or subscribe to our free podcast, The Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 0442 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardos Solicitors, looking after you, your family and your business. At A.J. Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. 
For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. You then had sort of six good years at Yeovil Town, 163 appearances according to Wikipedia, so um, you must have been doing something right. Yeah, but it also says I was player manager of Derby County, so you can never trust uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, does it? Player ma- oh, it does, yeah, so it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A couple of the boys, apparently, because I'm working at um, Sherbourne School in Sherbourne, obviously, yeah. um, as, di- as director of football coaching, and a couple of the boys have uh, changed my Wikipedia page, apparently. Oh. I will get them to change it back, though. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I mean, obviously, you had a very good career at Yeovil Town. I mean, everybody can remember you, and, you know, you were very much the rocking goal for you for, for years, you know, well, six years, obviously, as it says here. But, um, you know, you, you were very much a permanent feature there, weren't you? Yeah, well, I was really pleased when I think because I went back last night actually because my boy was just training with the pre academy and um, I just think because I was a local boy and I really really wanted to play for Yeovil and that's all I wanted to do. I didn't couldn't care less about Man United or or anyone else. For me, Yeovil was the biggest club in the world and and that's probably why I, I put so much into it and so much passion into my game and and um, just really enjoyed playing for Yeovil because that's all I wanted to do as a kid. Mm. So because I have to grow up in Yeovil I saw them as the biggest within the area or if not the country so um, yeah so that's probably why I went on and played for so long because I really really wanted to play for the club uh, actually it says here you made your first team debut in July 2000 having come on as a substitute against Southampton in Tony Pennant's testimonial game that's right I remember he wanted me to play I think I remember that yeah yeah um, I had a, yeah I played quite a few pre-season games that, that pre-season um, Dave Webb Jeff really liked me I got called across in one training session the, the season before when the first team were training on an evening not on a in the daytime they were still part time and um, I managed to do really well that training session I remember training on the pitch apparently I was stopping everything I don't really remember to be honest but um, I remember getting called over and, and it was a great experience for me and then since then I just must have impressed Dave Webb um, and, and yeah he offered me a deal well you made it according to this you made your first full competitive debut against Wellington in the Somerset Premier Cup in October of that year yeah but that doesn't really count <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse Cup <laughs> well, no I, was, I didn't say that you said that yeah alright then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah. Dave Webb was a, was a hard taskmaster, though, wasn't he? Yeah, brilliant for me, brilliant, superb, because it was a great introduction to professional football. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better manager to have. I remember the first day of pre-season, we went up to Nine Springs and everyone was being sick on, on the top of the hill. Yeah. Three, three sessions a day and pre-season was tough, but it was a great introduction for me because I realised how serious and how uh, hard it was to be a professional footballer. So mm. for me, I couldn't have asked for any more. He was very successful itself and um, very successful career himself so yeah it was great for me really good and then of course um, I can remember yeah I can remember going to do a, a press conference with David Webb once and Warren Patmore dragged me into the changing room um, well into the showers not just the changing room uh, which were going and of course I was right. fully, fully clothed and I had yeah, a I was going to say you need to explain that one a bit more H yes yeah Warren no I was Patmore dragged you into the shower <laughs> <laughs> I was full fully clothed and um, I had a a fleece on and anyway I I managed to extract myself from the the changing room fairly well and went down to the manager's office to do the the press uh, you know post-match conference and we were stood there you know and he was speaking and he suddenly stopped and he said what's that dripping so everybody sort of starts looking around and I thought shit that's my coat isn't it the 
was dripping, and it was dripping onto the car- <laughs> onto the carpet, and he never sussed out what it was. It was really, oh. it was really funny. But um, oh, no. that was that was kind of my first sort of introduction to footballers and what they get up to in the changing rooms as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, gosh. So, well, I remember him. Uh, Glenn Paul did something wrong in a game. I can't remember what it was, but he came in and said, "Son, if you ever do that again, I'll hang you up by the floodlight, and you'll stay there until you're ready to come down." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh my gosh." <laughs> yeah, he like, could be. Wanna... He could be yeah. quite daunting, couldn't he? Because I tell you another instance when um, Tony Panic was still there, and uh, I was running the newspaper in Yeovil at the time. I hadn't sort of started working for Yeovil then, and um, I saw Tony, and anyway, talking to him, and he said, oh, "I'm, I'm going to." Barry, I think it was Barry in in South Wales. Um, so we did a story, you know, Pennock on his way to Barry. So I roll up at the press conference at Yeovil to meet uh, Mr. Webb and what have you. Huh. Who told you that Pennock was going to Barry? I said, well, as a matter of fact, he did, <laughs> which kind of took the wind out of David Webb's sails for a minute. And uh, then basically I was banned then, slung out, because I'd done this story about him going to Barry. So uh, it showed you he wasn't the man to chally with at all. That's for sure. No, definitely yeah. definitely Absolutely. not. Absolutely. But, I mean, obviously after him you had uh, Gary Dodson, didn't you? I did, yeah. What was that? That was my phone going off. Oh, I thought it was a little intro to Gary Johnson then. No. No, no. It was one of those. It was one of those stupid phone things that goes off when you get a, a Sky News story or something. You know. Anyway, yeah, we digress. So yes, Gary Johnson. I mean, you had a, a, another successful period with him as well, didn't you? Yeah, I was. I was. To be honest, I was just about to leave. I was going to go to South End with with Dave. Um, mm. I remember meeting Dave Webb in, in um, Palmer's Fish and Chip Shop. Oh yeah. He was, yeah. He was trying to get me to leave. Mm. Um, but then I did meet Gary that morning and thought, do you know what? I'll give, I'm really, really impressed with Gary. Yeah. Although he didn't know. He didn't know who the hell I was. No. Because um, <laughs> I saw on his list of goalies, there was three goalies he had, he had wanted to bring in, and I wasn't on there. Right. But, um, yeah. But then I said to him, look, I, I'll be you that I'll be your number one. Um, and I believed in him, what he was trying to achieve at Yeovil, and then uh, yeah. It, kind of married married well so yeah yeah and he, he you know he had great success and i mean obviously culminated in getting the team into the um the football league which obviously people have been trying to do since god knows when 200 108 years i think the way it was wasn't it yeah yeah definitely and um having been a fan as well when i was younger it was just it was i always knew how big the club could be i remember the enfield game in the ishmian league and we we sold out and there's people hanging around outside trying to get in yeah and that was that was one below the conference at the time, I think. Mm. So how how big the club could be, I always knew. Yeah. Um, so to be part of that was amazing. And to play in sold out stadiums and, and stuff, it was just it was yeah, it was a it was a really great time. And of course, during your time when Gary Johnson was there, you must have sort of maybe thought of the the thing, the chances of things to come when you got asked to go up to West Ham for a week for uh, for them to have a look at you. Uh, yeah, I guess nowadays I think I'd have been snapped up really really quick. Quickly, mm. um, it was a little bit different in those days. But for any young, decent goalkeeper in the lower leagues now, kind of they a big price tag might get put on them and, and go. But um, you know, I mean. I, I loved it. It was a great experience for me to train at a top, top side like West Ham and, and see the standard of training. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience for me. Um, 2006, though, you departed and went to Bristol City with Gary. Yeah, yeah, I was injured, unfortunately. And um, I did my cruciate at uh, Chesterfield away on March time when Anthony Barry also did his yeah. um, patella. 
<laughs> I remember um, it well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I remember his really well because there was a frozen strip on the, about a meter onto the pitch. And yeah. Really, shouldn't, the game shouldn't have been played. But yeah. The ref played it, and unfortunately, he went from soft to hard and slipped and did his knee. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then mine was just someone ran into me. I come to major box, ran into me, and twisted my knee. And I kind of knew that. Yeah, that was kind of my big big move over when I was lying on the grass because I knew there was quite a few clubs interested. Time for more music now and this time it's Survivor and the Eye of the Tiger.
was Chris's second choice, which was Eye of the Tiger from Survivor. It was March time, and I knew I had quite a few bit of interest, but obviously did my cruise shit, and then I was probably out for six, maybe six to 12 months in the club's eyes. So the club offered me a deal, but also Gary offered me a deal at a bigger club, and um, having in, been injured and, and seeing the bigger picture, I thought I... I needed to leave. But but in actual fact, according to this, you only played nine games for Bristol City, yeah. is that right? No, I didn't play many, yeah. No. Like three years. Gary, Gary's very good at um, uh, play. Sorry, oh, I need to... Yeah, <laughs> 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 we had Adriana Basso at the time. The club was doing very well, and it's difficult for me to get in. That, that's the polite. Well, 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 we'll pass on from that point. Um, <laughs> and then you had uh, a couple of loans at uh, Hereford, um, yeah. and then 10 games back at Yeovil Town in 2009. Exactly. That was brilliant. I loved those. Those 10 games were defined, um, yeah, my kind of career, really, and helped me get a move to Leicester. Those brilliant 10 games I just loved, and I was in a real good place, ready for an opportunity. I was frustrated at Bristol City. Loved loved coming back. When was it that you scored the goal against Terryford? Was was it during that period, or was it the next one? No, no, it was during that period. It was. The ninth ninth game. So, so as as the... Oh, here we go again. There's another one on my phone. Um, Is it fair to say, then, that as the old uh, Heineken advert, probably the only goalkeeper to score for Yeovil Town am I I don't know well I don't know either I'm just guessing but I mean it's not no, no. Sort of, not... I think Tony Pennock because when I was support, when I was like a supporter rather than a player Tony Pennock scored a penalty didn't he I remember in some last game of the season oh perhaps yeah perhaps he did then so in that case you're, prob- count, you're probably not the only goalkeeper scoring for Yeovil <laughs> <laughs> but we'll pass over that no, point wait no no from open play yeah, yeah exactly yeah but I can remember the response to it afterwards was unbelievable if you can remember it, that morning, the day after, the phone just never stopped ringing. Can we speak to Chris Weird about the goal? Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. I can. I remember standing on the pitch doing an interview for HTV again. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, it was it's, good. it's not the sort of thing that happens that often, is it? Let's be fair. <laughs> no, no, and it will, it will stay with me forever. So, um, mm. yeah, it was just, I was just getting fed up with corner after corner. We were poor that game and just thought, right, I'm going to go up and show them how to do it. And you did. And I, and I did. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So then you moved on to Leicester City um, yep. and that's when you ran into Sven Goran Eriksson um, yes. what was that like playing for Leicester City first of all in the first it was it the first division or the championship no championship championship oh, it, it was great I was perfectly ready I was waiting for an opportunity at Bristol City in the championship and it never came getting very frustrated and then obviously Leicester came in and, and I was just really really ready for that opportunity and I had three really good years two two really good seasons and then one season where the new owners came in and, and brought in Schmeichel um, and I wasn't allowed to leave I could have left and go to a Premier League side but they wouldn't let me leave so I sat on the bench and then situations quickly changed in football but I loved it Sven was a very interesting mm. um, interesting character um, few funny stories but yeah probably not for this radio show um, oh, alright then <laughs> but, <laughs> but well, he, was very, he was very good so were the new owners the people that still own it now the King Power Mob yes no yes. right okay yeah. so did you know the guy that uh, sadly died in the helicopter yeah. crash yeah yeah so um, he took us out to Thailand for, for two weeks when, when they took over and yeah got got to know them and mm. the family well yeah very tragic that was yeah very very sad very sad and they were lovely people loved their sport loved their polo as well and really good good people they've done mm. really well for themselves because well, very... they're very big into horse racing now as well yeah yeah they love polo and horse race yeah, yeah they're just 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 really good I mean they're on a par I well maybe not quite on a par with the, the Arabs but getting in that direction 
connection with the quality and number of horses they've got. Yeah, he, yeah. So the family just loves horse racing, loves polo, and mm. we went out in Thailand to their to their kind of ranch. It's amazing, yeah. The polo fields and yeah. Yeah. Um, then a quick loan to Northampton, followed by eighty-one appearances for Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, unfortunately, I got I had a really bad injury um, when I went on loan to Northampton because I just wanted to play some. I wanted to play some football. I was frustrated. I could have gone to Watford on loan, and that got cancelled. Actually, I met Sean Dice. It's a funny story. I met Sean Dice for. for an Italian lunch we had lunch all ready to do the deal to go on loan to what and then uh, and Sven got the sack that day because we were sat in there where's the paperwork where's the paperwork and that, nothing was coming through and then the phone call an hour or so later and then he got the sack yeah that prevented my move so then I, I went to Northampton they were bottom of the league with no points or something um, fancied a challenge AD Boothroyd was manager and he was probably the best manager I've ever had um, yeah and uh, and then yeah unfortunately I got had a really bad injury so um, so then I again signed for a club when I was injured Shrewsbury took a very big gamble on me um, and, and it paid off I had two really good years there I got player of the season the first year and just and absolutely loved very similar club to Yeovil but a slightly bigger um, playing in, le- in League One it was just it was brilliant brilliant um, 17 17 games then for Yeovil between 2014 and 16 um, that must have been sort of a bit deja vu was it coming back to Yeovil like that yeah yeah it was probably that was probably my only bad move of my career I'd say the, just the timing I felt that um, probably wasn't the best environment the club were on a little bit of a downward spiral and then yeah it was just a difficult time difficult mm. time and um, Gary was obviously manager again but I, yeah it was just for everyone I think it was a difficult time Porters with the chairman and stuff and then also for the players as management so um, yeah I, I still enjoyed it I loved coming back it just it wasn't the same club if you know what I mean well they, they do change don't they so how old would you have been at that point then 2016 33 was I then that's not old for a goalkeeper by no, modern no, no, standards no, not, is it no not at all not at time all. for some more music now next up we've got I'm gonna hit the 
dancing through the night with you. Well, if I gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned. Gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned. Gotta be damned, you know I wanna be damned. Dancing through the night, dancing through the night, dancing through the night Would you have been at that point then, 2016? 33, was I? 34? And that's not old for a goalkeeper by no, modern no, no, standards, no, not, is it? No, not at all, not at all. Um, no, not one bit. And, and really, still now, 37, I could still play. It's just, fa- I think family priorities change and, and I didn't need to chase that um, that dream, if you know what I mean, anymore, because mm. I had really achieved what I really wanted to achieve. Uh, um, so... So, yeah, it's quite interesting. But, but tell me something. The one thing that I always remember about you at Yeovil Town was on a match day, so we say the hour and a half, two hours before the match kicked off, I have never, ever in, in 15 years working for a football club seen anybody that is so far into the zone as you were. Unbelievable. Yeah. It really was. You were on a different planet, you were. <laughs> You were honestly, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think I, I some part of I me mean, because I was a young goalkeeper in terms of age playing. Not there you. I needed to get into that place in order to because I didn't have the experience in terms of the backing of that experience. If you know what I mean. So I mm. kind of felt like I needed to get in that place. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I played a lot, a lot of games when I was a, at a young age. Yeah. Um, and I just found my that way helped in terms of just switching off and ignoring everyone basically mm. just, just just playing my own game because there's a lot of not negativity but a lot of things that can influence you and your yourself so I thought I just the way I'm going to do this is just switch off from everyone and, and just play my game oh I, I got think. ignored several times I can assure you <laughs> 
I think it's the balance because I needed to be like I felt like I needed to be like that in order to play well. Maybe I didn't, but I yeah. kind of kind of worked for me. No, no, I think so. And and just the mere fact that you scored, uh, you, sorry, you played four hundred and five games is is a testament that it it obviously worked because you yeah you know and taking into account you had a, a, a ACO in the middle of that lot, um, which obviously took up what getting on for a year, I suppose, before you were absolutely right. I mean, you know, that could have been another 50-odd games, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a serious back injury as well at Bristol City. I liked, those three years, I was probably injured two years of them. So, mm. um, so yeah, I know you're right. I could have played probably a lot more. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm really happy and, and really, yeah, really happy with things that went, how things went. And then you ended up at Dorchester. Well, you played 45 games, but um, this was kind of, a, I guess it's fair to say, a sort of swan song, yeah? Yeah, well, I had lots of offers to go up north and, and play, carry on playing professionally, but I just got to a stage in my life where I was bored of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like the, the routine, and, and I was very professional myself, really professional, but everything, everyone else had kind of caught up, if you know what I meant, mm. and it just became far too professional, far too serious, and I was very serious anyway. Yeah. And I just felt like I'm doing all these things like for example coming in on a Sunday after a game and stuff I did that anyway and don't need to come in and analyse all the games and stuff because I did that anyway mm. but it just got far too serious for me so I just thought look I'm not uh, and I don't want to be driving four or five hours because we're settled down in the West Country mm. and so I thought I'll, I'll give Dorchester a go they twisted my arm I wasn't that overly keen but I loved it for, for a year yeah. um, completely different but kind of maybe I needed that as well so. who was the manager um, down then when you were there uh, Steve Thompson was a manager for quite a bit of the two thirds of the time probably he didn't sign me but probably yeah. two thirds of the time um, so that was nice that yeah was nice so it wasn't Roy O'Brien that was after his time then it no. must have been yeah, yeah. yeah. Critz had just left but, um, it was great and I really enjoyed the boys and, and to see the football for what it is really rather than just kind of that when you're in the pro game a lot of selfishness and a lot of I'm earning this and want to earn this and, and all looking about themselves because mm. of their contracts and, and life and stuff but as a semi-pro it becomes a, a lot more fun and enjoyment I mean not not that you're the sort of guy that, that worries too much about money I don't think but uh, do, you, do you not wonder sometimes if you'd have been born a little bit later you would have been you know the subject of some pretty hefty transfer fees which would obviously have been uh, quite beneficial to yourself Absolutely. <laughs> Do I ever think that? Um, no, I probably, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, there were some nice contracts and stuff, but in hindsight, yeah, absolutely. Probably missed out by 10 years now. It's just, even in the championship, it's extraordinary some of the money people mm. can earn. Yeah, it um, is really. Yeah. Almost, almost, you know, because it, it, it all filters down to the degrees that, you know, you get. Um, you know, clubs like Yeovil, they're struggling because they have to pay such heavy wages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was never motivated by money ever. I could have gone to Premier League clubs and sat on the bench or even be a number three. Mm. I was never, never motivated by money. And maybe in hindsight, could I have been in a better situation financially? Maybe, yes. But I wouldn't have been happy with what I'd have done. No, for, no. For example, a, a 
Stuart Taylor, is it, that came down to Yeovil for a bit? I mean, I don't know if you ask him, would he, was he happy with career? He'd probably say I would have wanted to play more games, but I don't know. Well, he only lasted for two days at Yeovil, from what I can remember. Yeah, I don't think him and Gary got on. <laughs> I don't think they did, actually. <laughs> Quite right. So you did a bit of goalkeeping coaching at, down at Exeter then, um, before yeah. you've, you've ended up now as a, a goalkeeping coach at uh, Sherbourne School, yeah? No, well, no. I'm my official title is director of football coaching, so oh. I'm coaching coaching outfield players as well as goalkeepers. So, um, Sorry for down downgrading you. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I know the title sounds really good. It's yeah. a lovely job. I've got a lovely job. I I loved Exeter. Loved it. I was um, I was doing some outfield stuff as well as goalkeeping. Loved it. Great manager. Great people. Amazing club. Um, but as a player coach it just took up all my time 24 7 and i just didn't have enough time for my family so mm. um in fact chris giles was doing the similar role to what i was doing here he left to go to a different school so um he suggested my name and then i applied and then went for interview yeah. and uh and got the job so I, i'm very pleased it because i'm still still doing football but it's term time only i can see my family when i when i can uh, when i want to really so um it's much better life balance for me and what do you think about Yeovil's current position? I mean, uh, well, you know, for, uh, not not the weekend. I mean, just generally now. Well, I'm hearing really good things. I'm hearing really good things. So hopefully, like a few of the fans said, they've got their old club back and stuff. So hopefully, it's a real shame they're in the conference. Real, real shame. But I am. I, I'm hoping to go to uh, a couple of games and become almost a fan again. Mm. Um, I was thinking I need to get my green and white scarf out because. I just, I, as a kid, I loved it. I love, love Yeovil. I love the green and white, and I'm, I just got fond memories of, of the club, even from a five-year-old kid when Yeovil played QPR in the mm. FA Cup. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, green and white, really through and through in terms of as a fan. So. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get down to the ground to, to watch watch over. I haven't been this season, but I will hopefully get very soon. No, they're, they're, they're looking really good at the moment, I have to say. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I hear good things about the chairman of the new the, the new owner and the way they want to take the club forward. And, yeah, and, yeah. It's been needed since when, when I went back the third time. I thought this needs there needs to be a change. There needs to be a new direction, personally, I felt. Mm. Um, Time for another musical break, and this one's Ronan Keating, When You Say Nothing At All. It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart.
Similar, like silly things, like the infrastructure—not silly things, but like the infrastructure inside the ground and stuff could, could yeah. be updating. And you go to other clubs and you see stuff. And I mean, it is a, it's a fantastic club. It just needs to be brought into the 21st century. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right there, definitely, definitely. And now Chris's final tune, which is from the Black Eyed Peas. Tonight's gonna be a good night. <laughs> Tonight's gonna be a good night. 
Black-eyed peas there. I don't like black-eyed peas. I like green peas. Anyway, tonight's going to be a good night. So now all you've got to do is you've got to change your phone because you can listen to Three Valleys Radio on your phone. Um, 
if you go onto our website, which is www.threevalleysradio.com, yep. all the instructions are there, and you can get your phone so you can listen to it on the phone, and you can listen to my wonderful retro show that I do for 60s and 70s memories. Um, oh, really? Yeah, nice. three hours of classic uh, 60s stuff, plus uh, memories of the pirate radio stations. I've got loads of recordings of Radio Caroline and Radio London, so we put that in as well. Oh, oh nice. It's How many listeners do you get? Well, since we started in uh, end of July, early August, we've had over 6,000 so far. Um, what, on a regular basis? No, no, over the entire period. But it's, okay. d- it's difficult to assess how many we're getting at any one time because the software that's with the programme that we do it with, it doesn't exactly tell you that. It just tells you how many listeners you've had per day so right, okay but having said that like when we do a match commentary we're getting four or five hundred people listening oh um, that's good yeah so that's you who, know who does the match commentary um <clears throat> i don't expect you to know a guy called dave Pryor, and a certain paul thorpe helps as well yeah. Oh, right. Okay, nice. And what kind of fans are they getting at the moment, Yeovil? Well, there's a few of them that are not very nice, as you've obviously heard lately. Um, But um, getting about three and a half, something like that. That's good. That's very good. Yes, it's gone up a little bit. It's gone up a little bit. So, well, Chris, thank you very, very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you and reminiscing, um, especially Sven Goran Eriksson and that goal you scored against Hereford. So uh, thanks ever so much for joining us and uh, make sure you keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. Will do. Thank you, H, and good luck with everything. Thank you very much. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room Space to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you'd found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace It's a beautiful 